0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to a Community of Principles podcast, a conversation to support leaders. I'm your host, Ben Gilpin. Now, let's get this started. Here we we go. go. The The snow is flying. It is the Community of Principles podcast. I'm your host, Ben Gilpin, and I'm really excited to have on another guest with us today. I will get to that in just a brief moment. But before we get to our guest, real quick, people, we are just a handful of weeks away from the MemSpa conference up in Traverse City. And Now is a great time to make sure that you are set to go. And I can tell you years and years ago when I felt isolated on Admin Island, I was so thankful to be able to get up to Traverse City and just connect with other leaders. It was a great little networking and it was also a learning experience for me. So if you have not registered, this is your call. Please get on there and register right away. And without any further ado, I have with us today, on the Community of Principals podcast, Tim Lyman. Welcome, Tim. Hey, thanks for having me, Ben. I'm super excited. I'm delighted to have you on here. It's been a goal of mine for uh, the entire third season. So welcome to the third season. And as you jump in, hey, where are you? And, and
1: tell us how you got there. So um, I'm actually in my first year with Waverly, well, in ninth year with Waverly Community Schools and they put me into a new building this year. So I'm relearning how to build a community and set things up. So nine years into the Waverly journey, this is my 13th year as a principal though. So I feel like I've been around a long time.
0: 13 years, lucky 13, right? That's exactly (laughs) what it is. It's been a great start
1: too. (laughs) Um,
0: Okay. So, so you've been in, administration for 13 years, but now you're at a whole new spot first year. And I love how you mentioned community building because as an administrator, we know that that is the most critical piece. Building that culture, building that community is so
1: critical. So so I really appreciate you bringing that up. Yeah, that's, that's the number one goal of our school this year is to make sure that we're, we're including an inclusive community, um, welcoming families, welcoming parents, welcoming, we've got community partnerships, we're partnering with a college this year. I mean, just all kinds of really great relationships we're building here. So it's really been fantastic. Very cool. Very cool. So I'm sure you've listened a little bit. So you know that you've got
0: three questions during season three, and I'm going to start off with the first one. Very curious to see where you go with this. What are two things most people don't know about Tim Lyman?
1: <laughs> this, is, this is a pretty easy one because I've got a lot of things most people don't know about me. I'm a pretty quiet guy. I guess I'd start with my college story. And I'm one of those guys who went to school to play sports. And I got, I got involved with some, some older kids and uh, quickly developed some bad habits. And sports went away. And so I didn't really know how to find myself and and decide exactly what I wanted to be as an 18, 19-year-old kid. It wound up taking me uh, basically a stomach punch from a friend of mine, a figurative stomach punch from a friend of mine who looked at me and said, Tim, if you are not an elementary school teacher by the time you finish school, you're going to throw your life away. And so I quickly became immersed in the program of becoming an elementary school teacher. It went to, went back to school because I did drop out for a smidge there. But school, college took me six and a half years. And of course, I joke with my children about that, telling them, do not take as long as your father to finish college. <laughs> um, <laughs> and daddy will cut you off if you take as long as he did, um, like my mom and dad did. The second one, and this, this is about my mom. I tell children every single year, I, I do like a Pac-Man with my hands behind my head. And I tell the kids, this is my mom. And if, if I wouldn't say or do something in front of my mom, then I shouldn't say or do that thing. And I live by that rule when I'm working here at the school with children. Like I don't yell very, very infrequently. Of course, I lose my, my patience and temper, but when I do, I always think, wow, my mom would be so disappointed if she were standing right behind me. And so I challenge our students all the time to make sure that, that they're thinking of who that conscious person is behind them. And would they act the way they're acting if that person was standing right there? And to me, that's a great guide for almost a moral compass for how you behave and how you react and how you respond. So um, those are, yeah, those are two things that most people don't know about me. Of course, all the children know, know the second one about me, but very few people know about that college story.
0: (laughs) You know, and other than saying, uh, I mean, did people say you're my boy blue? I mean, (laughs) But no, I mean, I I appreciate the vulnerability too, because, you know, here's one thing that I've discovered in education. Sometimes the best educators are the ones that can understand and relate and school wasn't just a cakewalk for. And clearly what you just described, school was not a cakewalk for you. And that probably has helped you be a better educator now. Sure,
1: I I really feel like I can relate to just about anybody because of my experiences, just the mistakes that you make and learn from. And you know, I I often regret. I don't regret much, but I often regret not giving myself the opportunity to to do um, to play baseball at the college level. And and then I look back and I think, boy, if I had played baseball at the college level, maybe I wouldn't have gotten to where I got. And so the perspective and looking back on it has been pretty pretty wonderful actually for me. So. I regret it at times, but not too often. Good for you.
0: Well, let's transition to uh, question two. And this one, I'm, I'm curious to see where you go with it. Essentially, question two is something in your life, something that has happened, a story that helps inspire and motivate you to keep coming back day after day and doing what you do for kids. Yeah, this is one
1: where, again, I didn't have to think real hard about it. I look back at my my life and I often think, and this, my mom and dad are pretty influential because this one's about my dad now. I was at their 50th wedding anniversary about two years ago now. And I was, all of the children, they have four kids, I'm the youngest, and we all got a chance to talk about you know, our relationships with our parents. And the word that comes to mind when I'm talking or thinking about my father is the word impact. My dad was a policeman. In Bay City, and he started many, many initiatives. In fact, my dad is the reason I wanted to leave Bay City, because I didn't want people to think I got anything because of who my dad was. He was influential in the town, and he developed and started all kinds of different initiatives. And I looked at my dad the day of his 50th wedding anniversary, and I said, the impact that you've had is far greater than you'll ever know, because you've raised four children who are doing different. We're, we all do different things, but we're doing different things that are also having a, a, a dramatic impact. So it's almost a legacy type of a thing where, where because of my dad, he's got four successful adult children who are making impacts. So the impact is uh, exponentially larger than it would have been had it just been my dad.
0: Very, very cool. Now, now I got to say, growing up though, I mean, there are times you had to think that it was a blessing and a curse at the same time.
1: Uh, his rule was, don't <laughs> let me be the one to catch
0: you. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly it. Blessing and a curse. Exactly. exactly right. You know, very cool story. Very cool story that about your parents and their 50th anniversary as well. I mean, that really Damn. showed that, uh, that strong character. I mean, and clearly what I'm hearing from you, Tim, and I know you, that you are an integrity rich individual and you've really gotten that from your family. So I
1: mean, kudos to them. Yeah, without a doubt. My parents have been great, always. And and they're both still alive. And I'm, you know, my mid-40s, so I feel blessed, too, to have have both my parents still around. Yep, absolutely. Okay, well, we're transitioning to the
0: last question. And I'm curious to see where you go with this, because, I mean, you've been an administrator for 13 years. But my guess is there was somebody, somebody out there that saw leadership (laughs) in you. Before you saw it in yourself, especially given the stories that you've shared today, there had to be somebody that saw it in you before you saw it in yourself. Who was that person? And if you could say something to him, what would it be?
1: Sure, you know there's there's really two on this one, and I'm I'm gonna pick the one that's surprising me even me right now. I'm gonna pick a guy named uh, Dan Taken's. Dan is the um, superintendent in Byron Center Public Schools, and he's retiring in January. And I recently did send him an email, and I think that's why he popped up into my head. Dan was my principal just for one year. And it was my last year teaching, and uh, then I was offered a principal's job. And I can remember walking into his office and saying, Dan, I'm going to interview only in one district. Only this one time, and if I don't get the job, I'll be thrilled because you'll still be my principal. And I learned from him how to how to some of the things we were talking about earlier: how to build a culture, how to understand, how to be a leader who who puts his people before himself um, or herself, of course. But Dan, the, the best story I have about Dan is we it was 2006. That was my last year teaching, and we had. Um, it was the year the Tigers were in the, in the playoffs in, in the World yeah. Series. And there was one rain delay game on the National League side that pushed the Tiger game from a, from a uh, prime time slot to the afternoon slot. So the game changed from a seven o'clock start to a four o'clock start. And I walked into his office and I said, Dan, I got to leave. And Dan just looked at me and said, why? And I said, well, the, the Tigers game got changed. And he he said, no, I have tickets to tonight's game, but he let me leave. And he ended up not being able to go to the game. And it's that kind of stuff. And so Dan was really good at mentoring. Dan was really good at understanding that the teachers in his building were were really the critical pieces. Dan took me under his wing when he left the building. He let me be the person who had to do the PA announcement for the first time. If you remember the first PA announcement, it's pretty nerve-wrenching yeah. for, oh, for yeah. folks. I can remember shaking and doing a PA announcement. And now it's just saying, hey, whatever. But you know, just giving me the opportunities to grow and to learn and to put some of the leadership things that I thought I had in place in play as a young, you know, 30-year-old finishing teacher just getting ready to become a principal. So Dan, I mean if if I could tell Dan one thing and shake I'd shake his hand and just tell him thank you for being someone who believed that even as a cuz I got a principal job when I was 30, even as a 30-year-old kid, <laughs> young man, he said to me, you got this Tim and you know, basically just spread your wings and fly young man. And that was, that's how Dan was as a leader. And he was just, it was a privilege to get to watch him work. I wish I could have seen him for three or four years because I think that would have been even more powerful for me long term, but what a, what a great leader he was and, uh, and still is, and just a great, great human being. So I'd say, I tell him, thank you.
0: That's, a, that's such a cool story. And, you know, I, one thing I love about your story, you talked a lot about him showing you and modeling that servant leadership, especially with the baseball. And the one thing, you know, I think about with the baseball, it's, it's not always the actual act. It's just the doing the little things. Correct. I mean, I mean whether it's, whether it's letting a person go to a sporting event of their own child's early, whether it's, you know, saying, hey, I'll cover your class while you finish up a dentist appointment, whatever it happens to be, you know, doing those little things on a continuous basis and showing that you care about the person the most Mm -hmm. is such a critical piece. And that's what I
1: gather Dan did for you. Absolutely. And that's the modeling that I took away. It is all these little pieces that make our buildings um, more powerful. They make People feel special. They make people feel um, like you do value them as individuals, not just as teachers and not just as colleagues, but they're individuals. You honor them. You honor their story. You honor their history, um, and that type of thing. And he showed me, he showed me that day in and day out. What a pleasure! What a pleasure! Great
0: story, hey Tim. I, I appreciate you coming on. This has been this has been rich. This has really been great. And you know, you and I have have um, crossed paths several times. We just saw each other up in uh, up in treetops, and I'm looking forward to. I'm,
1: I'm assuming you are going to be at uh, Traverse City as well. Well, I am absolutely registered. One more sad little story. I, I just bought a house and I think my closing is going to be while I'm supposed to be in Traverse City. So I'm, I'm bantering about a little bit about what do I do? Do I close on my house or do I go to Traverse City? So, but I am registered and I'm, I'm going to banter that probably for another week or two. <laughs> you were right. You were spot on. Going to the conference is without a doubt the, the highlight of, of every single year. I think I've missed two conferences in the 13 years that I've been a principal. It is just uh, an amazing opportunity to get to know folks, to um, especially for the younger or less experienced principals, to, to connect and to not be on Principal Island, like you said. It's a lonely job. And to have hundreds of friends that you know you can count on, that's fabulous. And I saw from Taryn in an email, there's 508 folks already registered. So it's a it's going to be a big number of folks out there this year, so it'll be it'll be a really great opportunity for people to to learn together and to network and do all the things that that make the conference so great. So yes, I sure hope I'm there. Awesome. Awesome. Well, yes. good luck with
0: that closing. And, and Tim, <laughs> thanks again for coming on the Community of Principles podcast and, and sharing your story. And I, I really hope people, as you listen to this one, feel free, to dive in, jump on social media, share, share something that uh, resonated with you when it came to Tim sharing his story. This is the real critical piece for all of us that we need to stay connected and we need to stay supportive of one another. And so, Tim, I appreciate you coming on. Thanks again for sharing. It's been fantastic.
1: Thank you for inviting me. It was a really great opportunity for me as well. Appreciate it.
0: Okay, everybody. Uh, hopefully, I will see you in just a few short weeks up in Traverse City. In the meantime, don't forget, leaders, leaders reflect and connect. Well, thanks again to our guest. Let's continue to connect and reflect, because that's what leaders do. Thank you to all of our listeners. Don't forget to check out hashtag Thursday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And you can also find more leadership tools at memspa.org.